0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 flaws. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Get ready, Vikings Nation. Welcome to Purple and Gold for Days. Where my friend and yours, Mr. Justin Day, dives headfirst into the Purple and Gold Universe delivering the latest updates and commentary on your favorite team, the Minnesota Vikings. What's going on, everybody? This is Justin from Purple and Gold for Days, and this is a Vikings First and Scold production. The Minnesota Vikings, once again, are at 500. The good old Mendoza line. That's what the Vikings do. Just when they thought well, I was out, they pull us back in. Starting out 0-3, then getting a 1-4. and 4. And we're thinking, all right, one more loss, sell off the pieces. Let's just call this year it is what it is. Then they go and win a bunch of games in a row. <laughs> they won five straight games, all without Justin Jefferson, by the way. And just when we thought, okay, we can make something out of this season still. They lose to the Denver Broncos. And the Chicago Bears. And so we're sitting at the bye week six and six, ladies and gentlemen. And a couple of missed opportunities the last couple of weeks. A couple of missed opportunities. But that's okay. You know, it's sometimes in life, you look back and you look at the mistakes you made. You think about what you could have done differently. And maybe you smack yourself upside the head. And then eventually you got to say, you know what? Got to look forward. And we still got a lot to look forward to this week. Season. We still got five games left, five very winnable games because Detroit is mediocre. Don't let that media train. Oh, Detroit's finally got it figured out. No, they don't. No, they don't. And then I lost to the Packers, should have lost to the Bears, too. So we still got a lot in front of us. We still got a lot in front of us. We absolutely do. Topic number one good old NFC North Roundup. We book ended the week last week with the Packers beating the Lions and unfortunately the Bears beating down our Vikings. So the Vikings got the bye week. But everybody else playing. So let's go through it here real quick. Real, real quick. The Kansas City Chiefs go to Lambeau Field on Sunday Night Football. They're going to beat the Packers. I'm telling you right now, this resurgence that Green Bay thinks they're having right now. Yeah, that's going to end. That's going to end. I know Kansas City doesn't look the way they usually do. Okay, that's all well and good. But whatever. I'm not tripping over them right now. I am not tripping over them right now. Kansas City's going to say, all right, green Bay, you had a, cu- a cute couple of weeks here. You thinking you back in this playoff hunt. And you know what? If Seattle doesn't win tonight, the Packers might actually get a shot to be in the playoffs with us too. And, oh, I don't want to see it. Don't want to see it. But what I did say was I didn't want the Packers to be like a three win team and end up in the Caleb Williams, Drake may sweepstakes. So congratulations that you guys have screwed up your draft position. And realistically, you know, they do have a pretty easy schedule after Kansas city before they come get us. So that New Year's Eve game could be for a playoff spot. Part of me hopes that that's the case because it would be fun. But part of me hopes that they're already eliminated and we can just have our fun with them. I was incorrect. The Bears also have the week off. So the only other one is we got the Detroit Lions going down to the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Saints are coming off a loss against the Falcons, and they're still tied for the league uh, lead in their division at 5-6. and six. Yay, what a great division that is. And I think the Saints are going to give Detroit all they want. Now, Detroit tried to let us back into this division race the last couple of weeks by barely beating the Bears and then losing to the Packers, and the Vikings didn't take advantage of it. But the Vikings are actually, I think, going to have one more opportunity to put themselves in position to win this division because I think the Saints are going to win that game. So there's your NFC North Roundup. Next topic, prepare for takeoff. Jettas is back. Yeah, I know we've gone back and forth. Well, should he have played against Chicago? Could he have come back a little bit earlier? Maybe, maybe not. At the end of the day for me, it is what it is at this point. Now, no more excuses. No more, well, I'm kind of feeling okay. Okay, great. Now, we don't have to listen to these idiots talk about their fantasy team like Justin Jefferson gives a rat's behind about anybody's fantasy team and why any of us should care about anything but Justin Jefferson being 100% ready. Yes, I get it. DJ Hawkinson, he played hurt. Okay, ribs a little different than uh, than a hamstring. Hamstring can be you know, re-injured and then you can be out longer. All right. We're going to talk about the quarterbacks. We're going to talk about the head coach, but I am so looking forward to Justin Jefferson being back. He's going to be full tank 100%, or at least as close as he can be, because he did need to be activated. If he had missed the Vegas Raiders game, he would have been out for the season. So we all knew he wasn't going to be missing any more games after this. In hindsight, with Justin Jefferson over the last two weeks, been able to make up the three points. We lost both these games by complying three points, three points. Yeah, maybe Justin Jefferson would have made the difference. But it's easy to say that when you don't know the other side of the coin, which is it's also possible he could have got hurt. Oh, well, don't look backwards. Let's look forward. And I'm really looking forward to him being back on that field. Right now, I think he's got like, what, 531 yards or something like that. Uh, I uh, JJ 2K is not happening. Can JJ still get to 1,100 yards if he gets average about 100 yards a game for the last five? Yeah, I think he does. My prediction right off the bat, Justin Jefferson will have at least 1,200 yards, which means he's going to tear it up. You say, well, well, you know, he's going to be catching passes from somebody other than Kirk Cousins. How is Justin Jefferson going to do that? He's Justin Jefferson. Okay. I've always said let's slow our roll about comparing him to Randy Moss, but Randy Moss didn't have consistency at the quarterback. He went from Brad Johnson to Randall Cunningham to Jeff George, Dante Culpepper, Todd Bauman threw him a couple passes here and there. And then he went to Kerry Collins in uh, well Oakland at the time before he finally got in touch with Tom Brady. Okay. Justin Jefferson is going to be fine. Is he going to be otherworldly the way he was with Kirk Cousins? Probably not. That would be an unfair expectation both to him and to whoever's throwing him the ball, but he's still going to be Justin Jefferson. And so that's going to elevate this offense. Hopefully, and we'll get into this later, KOC will finally get head out of his rear end, and stop trying to be the smartest guy in the room. Just get the ball in your playmakers' hands. Take advantage of what your team does well. Don't try to fit them into your scheme. Fit your scheme into them. I cannot wait. Yes, I know. T.J. Hawkinson has carried the load, and up until the last couple of weeks, Jordan Addison's been pretty good. He's been stymied a little bit. Okay, five seventy-one, five seventy-one. So he's going to need six hundred. Let's do the math, 629 yards in five games. Yeah, I think he can do it. Y'all think he do it? Tell me what you think. I think he can get 600 and some odd yards in the next five games. Absolutely, I do. So that's my first prediction right off the bat. Justin Jefferson will get to 1,200 yards by the end of this season. The quarterback carousel. Hmm. Josh Dobbs, Nick Mullins, Jeremy Holmes-Hall. Rock, paper, scissors. They each got their advantages, and they each got their disadvantages. I'm going to start with Nick Mullins, the one I want to see the least. So I'm just going to get this guy out of the way. I want nothing to do with Nick Mullins. He is the safest play. He is the most boring play. Well, he gives us the best chance to not turn the ball over, and all we need to do is not turn the ball over. That's not all we need to do. Is that a big part of what we need to do? Absolutely it is. But I am not playing the guy with the highest floor and the lowest ceiling. I've said that line a million times about Kirk. And yeah, uh, we all miss Kirk right now. Doesn't mean I want to resign him. We'll talk about what Jared Allen had to say in a minute, but no, I want nothing to do with Nick Mullins. Zero. Well, if we just take care of the ball, our defense can win us some games. Yeah, we can win us some regular season wins with that formula of let's just play conservative. Let's just play not to turn the ball over. You know what that's called? It's called playing not to lose. No, you play to win. You don't play not to lose. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. How many more coaches can we quote here? I don't know. But what I'm saying is this. Nick Mullins does nothing for me. Well, it'll allow Kevin O'Connell to run the same offense that he would run under Kirk Cousins. That's not the out that we take. We don't play the quarterback with the least amount of upside and the safest just so that the head coach doesn't have to change his ways. No, you are the head coach. You have to be adaptable. You have to mold your offensive game plan to the players that you have on the field. You don't put the worst guy in there just so that you don't have to change. That's why you get paid millions of dollars. That's why you're the head coach of a National Football League team. There's only 32 of them. You got one of the 32 best football coaching gigs on the planet, and you want to put in the worst guy? No. So I don't want to hear anything about Nick Moans. You know, after the game and uh, yesterday as well, or a couple days ago. Kevin O'Connell was asked, hey, are you going to make a change to the quarterback? Are you going to keep going with Josh Dodds? What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to be non-committal about it. I'm not going to say that he. Well, I'm definitely making a change, but I'm not saying that he gets a job. Either. And again, that's coach speak. Okay, that's fine. Okay. And that's kind of what you should do. That's the good strategic move is to not give away what your game plan is going to be, particularly two weeks in advance. But he doubled down on it Monday and said, no, I'm going to consider everything here. Okay, consider this. No matter who you play. Play to their strengths, as I said. So to me, number three on the list is Nick Mullins. Number two on the list, Josh Dobbs. Why? He does have the highest ceiling, but he also has the lower, the lowest floor. We've seen how many turnovers this guy has had. Too many. Josh Dobbs and Nick Mullins, for that matter, are just quarterbacks that are nice backup quarterbacks. Because here's the deal. We were four and four with Kirk Cousins. You say, Well, that wasn't all Kirk's fault. I'm not saying whose fault it was. We were four and four with Kirk Cousins, and we're two and two without Kirk Cousins. So that ought to tell you something. It's not about the quarterback per se. I'm not going to say he makes no difference because obviously, yes, we had a much better chance of beating the Bears and the Broncos if we had Kirk Cousins than we did with Josh Dobbs. It doesn't take a genius or a rocket scientist to figure that one out. Okay, but here's what I'm saying. Josh Dobbs, if Kevin O'Connell would allow him to utilize his God-given ability, his natural athleticism, then I might have him at one. But right now, The evidence I have is that Kevin O'Connell wants to make him a pocket passer. And I understand to a certain extent why, because you don't want to be football out there. You're only going to have so many opportunities to um, run backyard football. Eventually, it's going to catch up with you. Absolutely. But. At the same time, don't just try to go from backyard football instantaneously to I'm going to make this guy a pocket passer. He's been on 52 different teams. There's a reason nobody wants this guy. Why use the whole field if he's not capable of utilizing it? Use half the field. Get him on the run. And if he doesn't see anything in his first two reads, have him take off. Because you know what that's going to do? That's going to open up the running game. Do some more of these read options. Run pass options. Line up in the shotgun and and do the fake handoff, and then the quarterback runs. Or sometimes he lets the, quarter, uh, the running back have the ball. All I'm saying is this. Kevin O'Connell, what you've been doing with Josh Dobbs, yeah, you got away with it in Atlanta because it was, hey, we're coming off the cuff here. Don't have tape on him. And you had the element of surprise. And even in that game, it took you a last-minute touchdown to win it because he was turning the ball over. So for me right now, I put Dobbs at the number two spot because he just turns the ball over too much. Now, again, if Kevin O'Connell decides to all right, I'm going to utilize his talents more, then okay, that's fine. But for me, I would go with Jeremy Mahomes Hall. One, because I actually like the guy. I actually think he's got something. I'm not saying that he's ready to be a starting quarterback. No questions asked in 2024. I'm not saying he's on the fast track to the Hall of Famer, even to be a franchise quarterback. I'm not saying any of those things. But what I am saying and what I will continue to say is that's the guy who I want to see. He's the guy in the middle. He doesn't have the highest ceiling. He also doesn't have the lowest floor. I'm not going to make too big of a deal out of that one drive that he had in Atlanta before he got concussed. And you can make the argument, well, the reason he only had one drive is because he put himself in harm's way. Okay. You can say that. I'm listening to some of that, but he's far more accurate excuse me, than Josh Dobbs is far more accurate than Josh Dobbs is. And he's got a little more spice to him than Nick Mullins. So I want the guy that's got somewhat of the best of both worlds. And more importantly than that, more importantly than all that, I want to know what we have in this guy. I said at the beginning of the season that if Kirk Cousins were to go down for the year, which at the time seemed preposterous because Kirk Cousins doesn't ever miss time. I said, you don't put Nick Mullins in there. If Kirk Cousins was out for a couple, two, three, four weeks, you go with Nick Mullins and you hope to go 500, kind of like what Josh Dobbs did. OK, but if Kirk Cousins is out for the year, you put your guy in that you drafted that you said, hey, this is a guy we're going to mold and we're going to be Mick- Kevin O'Connell's going to be Michelangelo and, you know, take that f- ball of clay and make a masterpiece out of him. Fine. Well, this is your opportunity. Now, yes, you had no choice when he got hurt, but you got a choice now. He's back just like Justin Jefferson's back. Get Jeremiah Holmes all out there with Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison and TJ Hawkinson and company. And let's see what the kid has. Because again, I want to know at the end of this season, what we have in Jaron Hall. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring.
0: A laundry. Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
1: And We're not going to know that playing Nick Bleeping Mullins or Josh Dobbs. We're not going to be able to learn anything about Jaron Hall. And to me, at this point, the season is just kind of, it is what it is. It's found money. It's house money. Whatever it ends up being is what it's going to end up being. Whether you miss the playoffs or whether you make the playoffs and get bounced in the first round or somehow, some way, you make the playoffs and you get a playoff victory. All I'm saying is this. I want Jaron Hall to be the quarterback coming out the bye week against the Vegas Raiders. And as long as he's healthy, I want him to play the rest of the five games this season and beyond. That's me. Because, again, I don't want more uncertainty. Aren't you sick of uncertainty? And by the way, let's circle to Jared uh, Jared Allen's comments about Kirk Cousins as long as we're talking about quarterbacks here. Everybody talking. well, maybe the opportunity for Kirk Cousins to come back is greater than it was before because, well, no, he might do Stop. Stop, stop, stop. Everybody stop. Stop. No, no, no. And this is not Kirk Cousins' hate. If you're a Kirk stan, this is not anti-Kirk. It really isn't. It's about the logistics. It's about salary cap. It's about take the name Kirk Cousins out of it for a second. If the Vikings needed to sign a quarterback and there was a veteran free agent available who was playing like a top 10 quarterback, absolutely, maybe even top five. I'll give him that. But 36 years old is what Kirk Cousins will be at the start of the season next year. 36. I want to hear about Tom Brady and Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers for that matter. Just stop. No. And he's coming off an Achilles injury. There is no way that any Vikings fan, whether you're a pure Vikings fan, no matter what, or you like the Vikings more because you love Kirk Cousins, I don't care. No fan of any NFL team would say, yeah, sign me up for a 36-year-old quarterback who has no mobility to begin with, who is strictly a pocket passer, coming off an Achilles injury. You wouldn't want a guy like that. So no, I don't want a guy like that. And I also don't want a guy who, let's go over the salary cap implications one more time, Kirk Cousins has $28.5 million of dead money that is going to have to hit the Viking salary cap eventually due to the lovely deals that were given to him by both Quasi Do and Rick Spielman, by the way, and signed off on by Ziggy and Mark Wilf. If the Vikings do not retain him, all 28.5 will hit the 2024 salary cap. Now, if they sign him to a contract, 10 of that will hit 2024, and the remaining 18 and a half will be pushed out to 225 and beyond. Now, so let's say Kirk Cousins says, All right, I'll give you a little discount. I would have asked for 50 million. I'll only ask for 40 now, because I'm not taking any less than Daniel Jones. <laughs> and better believe that, ladies and gentlemen. He's not taking any less. I don't injury or not. He's not taking any less than Daniel Jones at 40 million. So let's say you sign Kirk Cousins to a one-year $40 million deal. Well, then his salary cap hits going to be 50 And you got to sign Justin Jefferson and you're going to want to bring back to Hunter. If you don't at this point know that to Hunter and Justin Jefferson are your two top priorities. And oh, by the way, you got Christian Derrissaw sitting on the back burner waiting to get signed. No, you cannot afford to bring Kirk Cousins back. And I don't want to hear. Well, he'll take a really low number. No, he won't. And nor should he. He's under no obligation to take less money. Anybody. You will never, ever get me to say that a player should take less money. No, they put their bodies on the line. They take all that punishment. They get every dime they want. These owners make enough money. These players get every dime that you can get. But what I'm saying is this. Even if Kirk Cousins said, I'll play for 20, well, then his salary cap hits 30. He's not paying for no 20. He's not going to do that. And she said, well, he was going to give us a discount. Yeah, he was going to give us a discount from 42 million down to about 37 and a half, which means his salary cap number, even at 37 and a half, would be 47 and a half. so it's about economics, too. It's not just about Kirk. It's not just about how well he was playing. And I'll be the first to say he was playing very, very well. And it's unfortunate because we finally have a halfway decent pass blocking offensive line. And we also have a pretty daggone good defense. For the first time, we finally got both. And then he gets injured. Sorry. It is what it is, ladies and gentlemen. It just is. I wish no ill will towards him, but I'm sorry. Jared Allen Jared Allen, Jared Allen. is 100% right. You don't bring him back. You've seen what life is like with a mobile quarterback, good and bad. You've seen what it's like, and you've also seen that a mobile quarterback can overcome some deficiencies the way a pocket passer can't. So, no, I'm not giving a contract extension to Kirk Cousins coming off an Achilles injury at 36 years old when whatever number you give him You have to add 10 million to, and by the way, if you don't bring it back, okay, so that's 28 and a half million dollars dead for him not being here. Well, that sucks. Yeah, it does suck, but you know what sucks even more only paying 10 of that 28 and then having 18 and a half flow over the 2025. And you know what? I seriously doubt that Kirk cousins would take a one-year deal. Anyway, he's going to want at least two. He's going to want two years plus an option year for a third. That's just Kirk. Okay. And I don't blame him. I don't begrudge him. I'm just saying Jared Allen is correct. Say goodbye to Kirk Cousins. Start Jeremy Holmes Hall for the rest of the season and see what you got. Because, oh, well, the notion of, well, we could probably, we probably have a better chance of getting to the playoffs with either Dobbs or Nick Mullins. I'm like, that's not the goal at this point. What the goal at this point is to see what you have for the long term. And if you make the playoffs, so much the better. So much the better. Final record. Ugh, I wish I knew who the quarterback was going to be. I think if Dobbs or Nick Mullins are the quarterback, I'm going to say that the Vikings are going to win two or three games. And I'm going to put that pretty much in the middle. So I think then that they would be somewhere in the eight and nine to nine and eight range with Jeremy Holmes Hall. I think they can go four and one or they could go one and four. So that's why there's a bit of a a variance there. And that's probably why Jeremy Holmes Hall won't be given the opportunity because coaches don't like variance. They like sure things. But in all seriousness, I think we beat the Raiders. Although, again, on paper, we should be probably three and two or four and one split with Detroit should be the only loss. It should be on paper. We should beat the Packers. We should beat the Bungles. We should beat the Raiders. But we should have beat the Chicago Bears and frankly should have beaten the Denver Broncos. So nothing is guaranteed with these Vikings anymore. But my official final record prediction is this. I think they're going to get to 10 wins. I do think that they're going to go four and one. How they're going to do it, I don't know. The point I'm making is this. The Vikings still have everything in front of them. You still control your own destiny for the wildcard spot. And frankly, that's probably the most objective way of looking at it right now. I, I'm not saying that the division is completely out of the picture, because, again, if the Saints beat the Lions, we got a shot. We're right back in it. And if we just went out the rest of our games, and that includes, obviously, sweeping the Detroit Lions, we can still win this division, but the likelihood of winning this division is, is, is dwindling at this point. So Seattle's got a pretty tough schedule coming up. Uh, they've got the 49ers, they've got the Eagles, they got the Titans, Steelers, and then they finish up with the Cardinals. So they've got a pretty tough road to hold the next three weeks. And I know they're leading at halftime right now, but the point I'm making is this. We should be able to pass Seattle at minimum to get to that sixth seed. at minimum. We should be able to. Yeah, the Green Bay Packers, they're nipping at our heels. I anticipate them to take a loss, so there'll be a game behind us. Plus, we got the one game tiebreaker over them. And the Rams at five and six. Yeah. The Saints, five and six. Yeah. They're fighting with the Falcons for that four seed. I'm just sort of saying this. You could probably go three and two. You could probably get to the playoffs at nine and eight. Now, you'll be the seventh seed, and you'll be a sacrificial lamb for the San Francisco 49ers. But. You go four and one, get to that six box, and then be facing Detroit for the third time in four weeks. I'll take my chances with that. But no, this team, despite the fact that it has blown two games over the last two weeks where you could easily be eight and four right now and fighting for that division and be in great shape for it, despite the fact that they have missed those opportunities. There's still plenty of season to go. This season ain't over yet. And like I said, I want the best of both worlds. I want this team to continue to remain competitive, but I want it to be done with Jaron Hall as the quarterback because not only are we still doing this season, but we're also looking ahead in the future. But for right now, yeah, I think I think they're still going to get to 10. I really do. Now, maybe that's wishful thinking. King of wishful thinking, I've been labeled once or twice in my life. Can they go four and one of these last five? Absolutely. You can get... The Bungles, the Raiders, and the Packers, and then just need one against Detroit to get to 10. And that absolutely guarantees you a playoff spot. This NFC, The bottom of the NFC is garbage. I mean, again, San Francisco and Philadelphia, that's going to be a great game this weekend. That's the top two teams, and what everybody considers will probably be a preview of the NFC Championship game again. And obviously now the 49ers hopefully will actually be able to have a quarterback beyond the first quarter. But... Vikings can still make these playoffs. We can still do this. All right. Grandpa Dave, there is no way the WILFs will bleep cans KLC after two years. No, absolutely they won't. We just have to hope that he figures out that he needs to modify his system. Yes, totally agree. There is beyond there is a negative chance that the they could lose the rest of their games 50 to nothing each week, and KLC would still be the coach of this team. <laughs> so I totally agree, Dave. There is absolutely zero chance. But here's what I will say. I haven't talked much about the defense tonight. Why? Because they're not the problem. They're doing well. Daniil Hunter, he's about to hit his final incentive, and we still got five games to go. Daniil Hunter needs to be prior. Well, Justin Jefferson is priority one. Daniil Hunter is priority two. And I don't want to hear, well, if we sign Jefferson, we better sign Kirk Cousins. Otherwise, he's not gonna, Jefferson's not going to want to sign you. We can stop with that BS, too. But no, Daniil Hunter is far greater a priority than uh, than Kirk Cousins is. And Brian Flores Pay him whatever it takes. There's no salary cap on coaches, so pay that man whatever it takes. You don't stand in his way of getting a head coaching opportunity, but I don't think he's going to take a job just to take a job. He had an opportunity to take Arizona. He said, heck no, I'm not taking that job. The job's garbage. So, Thank you Kylie, for joining me today. Please follow me on YouTube, Purple and Gold, for days. And for now, Skull to the next episode. You're listening to Purple and Gold for Days, a Vikings First and Scold production.
0: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?